The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. Hi, this is Melvin. I'm a wizard. And I cast spells. Colvic Darkseed. I am a half-orc cleric, and I have devoted my life to the goddess Hyaea. I'm Roscoe Toscobble. I'm a rogue. And pretty cool guy. Started with a magic bean. I'm gonna turn it to the guys. What is this? I'm one of the, the one of the guys. Just one of the regular old guys, just like all those other guys you fought. I could try to find my way to Perryland, but I don't I don't know where I don't really know much about it. The fuck is Perryland? <laughs> <laughs> you gain the following benefits while you were wielding a shield. Fun thing to say. Wielding a shield. Wielding a shield. Fun. Wielding a shield. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Hey, can you know. divine where Perryland is? Oh. Do you have divination? Yeah. Yeah, we can uh, possibly do that. You get the sense that, like, I didn't get an answer right now, but I'm going to. And as you're stumbling your way out of the camp, onto the road, uh, you, you like trip over a rock. And as he looks down, he looks at the rock and he sees that there's a little note sticking out from under the side of it. We understand you're looking for Perryland. Keep traveling south and we'll contact you again. I don't like the idea of sentient things. <laughs> I don't really like Henry. <laughs> Most is... things are flammable though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And part of me kind of wants to get to Perryland so I can destroy Perryland. You want to destroy Perryland? I think so. Sweet, dying it. sweet mother of God, you know that this, this stick is telling the truth. Would I feel alarmed enough to need to awaken my compadres here? Would I just think it was just a weird scraping noise? Why don't you give me... Let's just do another perception roll. Okay. Nice. Another 22. Yeah, you feel like maybe you should rouse the group. Yep, I'll do just that. Melvin, Roscoe, I just heard a weird scraping sound that the DM just described. You should uh, wake up. Where's the stick? Poopy trip. Mm. Yeah, do, uh, is Henry here with me at this point? Oh, yeah, he's been hanging out. You guys have been, like, talking and, like, oh, good. you know, describing your childhoods to each other. Does Henry sleep? No, no, he's just a stick. That's even more creepy. That's <laughs> another reason why I don't like it. Can you imagine waking up like you're laying on the ground and all of a sudden just like these googly eyes are like spinning around in front of you. Like, Mom, Mom, <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
completely oblivious I to all social like conventions. Being so social that he's trying to talk to Melvin all night too. Hey Melvin, guess what? <laughs> hey Melvin, <laughs> like stop talking to me, stick. I know I can win him over. <laughs> <laughs> just takes time and a little hard. Me and Henry were just trying to describe my next DM session with the guys. Like, okay, this is what we can do for L and K. It's gonna be great. So yeah, I'm gonna wake him up and uh, describe the sound I heard of the the stones and see if they want to make anything of it. What would you like to do about that? Do you guys, do you guys have a? Uh, I mean, you just heard like a scrape up on top of this wall. Uh, on top of the wall, I'll sneak up there and say what's up. I'll have you make a stealth roll. And I rolled 20. Hot diggity damn. You get to the top of these steps or stairs or whatever you would call them to the top of this wall. And you see a figure about 15 feet away from you. It is humanoid in shape. You can't tell much more else about it from here. But it's sort of like creeping along the edge of the wall and is watching downward towards the encampment. How far away is it? About 15 feet. I would like to jump through the air and tackle it. Ah, damn. Well, if we're going to do that, let's do initiative. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> so we have no clue what's going on. Fighting's the fun part. Doot. Doot. What's that piece of music called? Oh, I've looked it up a hundred times and I forget every time. Is it like a like an old piece of classical music or is it just for Looney yeah, Tunes? It's it's an old jazz piece and I can never remember either. Powerhouse by Raymond Scott. Bum 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 Back when they hired orchestras to score their five minute cartoons. <laughs> what the fuck else were you gonna do, man? Nobody had an iPad with GarageBand on it. <laughs> what are you guys gonna were you fucking hired a whole I I got it right here. This bastard would get me out of business. I wonder if... Uh, I do love that music. I think about it all the time. Anytime people are doing shit, like moving stuff around, especially if it's like pointless sort of activity or like moving somebody into, in or out of a house. Just like... Dun, 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 dun. Roscoe is taking a flying leap at this mysterious figure 15 feet away. We need to roll some initiative. So, Melvin, what did you get? I, <laughs> I, I rolled something and then I've just been playing with my dice for the last five minutes. So <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, uh, just roll it again. Uh, uh, t- uh, 11. 11. Kolvik, <laughs> do you want to just roll it again? Were you fucking around with your dice too? <laughs> I'd like to fuck around with it a little bit more. I only got a seven. Roscoe. I was not fucking with my dice. I rolled a 13. I I don't believe that I've said this enough, even if I have said it before, but the turn order tracker in Roll20 is one of the best fucking inventions of role-playing, D&D, internet, all of that. It's, it's great. Somebody asked for that, The Matrix? Oh no! Ooh, that was yikes! High humidity. Oh, that's, that's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> what we have here is high humidity. 
chance of poop and pants. Thirty <laughs> percent <laughs> chance. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. <laughs> Back to I really you. want to hear a fucking actual weatherman say that. We have here is uh, some real high humidity, chance of poop and pants. Thirty <laughs> uh, percent. Uh, Back to you, DM Nick. <laughs> Chance of pooping pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Pooping pants. <laughs> Sounds like a like a really bad like fake German name. Like <laughs> I'm Harold Pooping Pants. Ervan Pooping Pants. <laughs> Wield a shield, Pooping Pants. Da er Pooping Pants. <laughs> Kind of mixed my Russian and German there. <laughs> if, if there's like a thirty percent chance of poop in pants, that means there's poop in pants somewhere, right? Just yeah, it's like the weather. Like uh, if mm-hmm. it's it's not thirty percent chance that it'll rain. It's just thirty percent chance it'll rain where you are. Yep. So there's a hundred percent chance of poop in pants somewhere, just not here. It's only thirty. Uh huh. Yep. Well, there's four of us, so uh, <laughs> <Yikes>. crap. <laughs> um. So here's what we're going to. Do. I'm pretty sure one of us will poop their pants eventually during this podcast. I'm, and I bet it's going to be Roscoe. So, I'm going to try this one more time. The scene was, you guys had been in this courtyard, night had fallen... Kolvik was on watch. He heard a rustling noise, and Roscoe it woke everybody up. Roscoe went up to check out that rustle, climbed up to the top of the wall, and saw a figure about 15 feet away, and is uh, now pouncing upon that figure. The way that this is going to operate is that everybody is going to be surprised for the first round, except for Roscoe, because that's the only way to keep this shit in proper order. Uh, and you guys don't technically know about the other figure on the other side yet. Actually, Kolvik and uh, Melvin, you guys, you don't know about anything yet. But nope. So, surprised. And then, Roscoe, you are going to make a running leap towards this thing. Let's put you right up next to it on the sheet here. And you're trying to, like, restrain? Yep. Okay, I'll have you make a grappling check. Grappling check? Yeah, that's going to be a strength roll. Uh-oh. Good thing you got rid of that negative modifier. Right? 12. 12, and... Fucking forgot how grappling works. Give me just a second. <laughs> I think it's a contested roll, but this character is surprised, so it might just be successful. Grappling? Let me wear it. Wrestling. Make a wrestling <laughs> check. These <laughs> <laughs> are driving me crazy when people said wrestling. <laughs> And they did it for real? Mm-hmm. And they said it for real oh, yeah. that way? Oh, wow, that's weird. What's going to happen is you made that strength check. What, I'm sorry, what did you roll on the strength? 12. 12, and that's going to be contested by a dexterity roll from this thingamabob. Oh, man, just barely. So with an 11, you have grappled this thing underneath you. Uh, and I will reiterate, it is a humanoid figure. And... Well, that's pretty much your turn then, so grapple, you're holding on. Hold on loosely, but don't let go. No, nobody, nothing on that Sometime one? Sometimes I'm going to lose control. 
we'll just move on. <laughs> it's for the best. Was that Ario Speedwagon? I think so. Honestly, I'm not sure. Either them or Boston. Like you said, Wait. let's move on. <laughs> oh, I d- d- and don't stop we're believing. Walking. You know what? It's 38 special. Yeah, there it is. I think don't stop believing, isn't it? No, it's hold on loosely. Hold on, lo- hold, hold on, on loosely. Yeah, loosely. 38 special. Okay. Don't let go. Don't let go. If you that cling song. too tightly, you're going to lose Luke. control. I played that song constantly in high school, too. You did, or it was played? Uh, for band. Uh, oh. Not for band, but for... We played it as a band. The band you were in? The band I was in played that. Mm, yeah. I don't listen to the lyrics. Whatever. I'm you guys aren't still touring, covering 38 specials. <laughs> I know, right? That's as bad as You don't say. You didn't make it on that, <laughs> You didn't make it. No, not that one. The other creature that you guys actually technically aren't aware of yet uh, is also... Hmm. I'm going to just roll a 50-50 shot here to see if the noise you made tackling this thing is enough to alert its compatriot. And yes, it is. So, from the far side, and then Roscoe, it moves over to your turn again. I'm going to ask this thing. What are you doing? More like... What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fucking freaked me out there. <laughs> were you having like a midnight snack while you were... <laughs> before you went and tackled this thing? I literally just fucking jumped when you did that. <laughs> give, me a, give me an intimidation check. Ooh, that's not good. Um, 11. Um, 11 is not quite good enough. You just get some, uh, some struggling and, uh, like say, you know, a get off of me in a vaguely female voice. Uh, I would say that that's kind of a free action just to holler and intimidate if you wanted to take a, a regular action or movement you could. Um, and I don't want to fight these people. I don't even know if they're, uh, aggressive. They haven't done anything yet, so I'm just going to hold tight. Okay. Keep it grappled. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, Melvin, down there on the ground, uh, I'm going to have you make a perception check. Jeez. You know, for fuck's sakes. Uh, that's going to be a five. Five is not enough to notice, so that other figure you haven't quite seen yet. Uh, you definitely heard Roscoe bark the, uh, what are you doing, up on the wall. So you are aware of the one that's on the east side, but not the one that's on the north wall. What would you like to do with a yo turn? Um, so I want to hide. Okay. <laughs> Where do you want to hide? Uh, you're in a fairly open courtyard, but there's those two step sort of uh, things on the side. There's a little shrub in the southeast corner. I'm going to go hide behind that shrub. All right. <laughs> no, uh, coward. Melvin. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you're going to have to... Uh, you know, it's only five extra feet, so I will say that you can get there with, like, a little bit extra on your dash, and then you can hide. But let's shove you back in this corner, and then go ahead and make a stealth roll. Uh, that would be a 26. Ah, damn. Melvin That's okay. fades into the fucking bushes with a natty <laughs> 20. I just walk backwards into the book. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin homers. <laughs> One homer. All right. On this creature's turn that you still have a little to no identification of. When oh, I bring starfish with me. 
Oh, sure, sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah we still have A1 with us, huh? Starfish is, like, not really combat ready yet. I would say is going to be soon, but that's why I'm not giving Starfish rolls uh, his, his own turns. But soon. Who knows? Maybe by our next adventure, I'll remember that. All right, Roscoe, I'm going to need you to make another strength slash athletics check for me. No, es bueno. Five. Five. All right. With that, then, that is going to be enough uh, for this creature to pop out from under you. Uh, is able to slough off your grip with the 14 that it rolled. And uh, takes a couple of steps of movement, basically, to get up and then get just a little bit away from you. And as this creature is moving back, is, is like definitely facing you and backing away, uh, kind of makes a hiss, and in the light of the full moon, you see pointy fang-like teeth in her mouth. Uh, so it is a humanoid figure with pointy fang-like teeth, and, well, I think you can all just guess this is a vampire. Uh-oh. So we can guess as well from where, I mean, we probably don't know anything still. Uh, yeah, only Roscoe knows this. Uh, Melvin knows only Bush. Um, Classic Melvin. <laughs> Damn straight. And uh, Kolvik, you, you're probably aware of the struggle, and I would say from where you are, you've got enough uh, height that you can see that Roscoe tackled uh, someone. That someone got out of Roscoe's grip and is backing away. Uh, but that's all that you can see at this point. All right. So endeth that thing's turn. And Kolvik, it is now your turn. Okay. Um, just checking. Oh, boy, this action. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and follow suit, run the full uh, 30 feet that I can. And 15, 20, 25, 30 onto the lower steps, um, heading up to where Roscoe is. 5, 10, 15, 20. And cast hold person on the person he was trying to hold down. Okay. Just because I don't know it's a vampire at this point, but I saw that Roscoe was trying to subdue this person. For show. For show. Yep. Why don't you give me a. Can you give me that spells text? Yeah. Got it. In the chiggity chiggity chat, chiggity chiggity chat, y'all, and I will do it as a second level spell. There we are. Do do do. You see, you cast it just at level two, so it is a single humanoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not within thirty feet of each other, so you couldn't do that anyway. All right, so this humanoid, humanoid, this humanoid must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be paralyzed for the duration. My, Let me get... And that's going to be my spell cell, uh, spell save DC, correct? It is. That's 16 now. That's 16. With that Hot level up. Diggity damn. Uh, do, do. So that is a three, which is a failure. And this vampire chooses to succeed instead. Kablow! That's an uh, ability that vampires have. Suck it. So... <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So you succeeded, and then it just, like, sloughed it off. Do I know by my history of vampires, or can I tell because it wasn't affected, if this is only a spell they can use once, slough it off, or is this a permanent thing they can do every time? Mm, let me have you make a... What would be a good roll for this? Because obviously, for some reason, I'm like, oh yeah, that should have worked, but they stopped moving. 
Yeah, and like you felt it succeed, basically. I think... Oh man, what's a good roll for this? I wish I knew what the best way to do rolls for like... Arcana? Yeah. And there's a history check. Yeah, you know what? In fact, let's do that. You have your option of Arcana, Arcana or History. Well, actually, zero, so. There's also a religion check. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. My religion mm. is also zero, so either way, it's a straight roll here. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven uh, is not enough to really know. You you do know that this is a vampire at this point. Um, as I mentioned, you know that you felt that whole person succeed, and then you felt it like break. Wow. So What a dick. Okay. Yeah. It, it feels the same way to you. So you wouldn't even actually, now that I think about it, you wouldn't know that this was anything special. Uh, you would feel this the way that like when you do a hold person, if somebody succeeds on like a will save and they can break out of it, that's what this felt like to you. Okay. And that is your turn unless you, nope, you did all the movement you could do. That was your action. I guess you get a bonus action if you want to take it. Nope, we're good. That's that's the ball game. I was surprised and disappointed. All right, all right, all right. On this other mystery creature's turn, it makes a big long movement, and then it passes over to Roscoe's turn again. And actually, Roscoe, let me have you make a quick perception roll here. 14. 14, yeah, that's more than enough to observe. So you now see that there is this other creature, and you're going to guess, because it's a real similar shape, that that's another vampire that's running across the north wall, heading east towards where the one that you tackled uh, and then got out of your tackle is currently standing. So they're grouping, is what it looks like. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a bottle of cleaning fluid at the ground just in front of me. Just in front of you? Mm-hmm. Okay. What'd I do? So are you... You see this thing as a vampire. Are you convinced that it's a bad thing at this point? I'm not throwing it at the vampire. Well, that's what I... I know. I, that's why I was asking. Are you still uncertain that this is a... An evil creature or bad or... Right. I don't know what I know, actually. Because what do I know? Are vampires inherently evil? I would say vampires are not inherently evil. Um, They definitely prey upon, you know, mortal creatures and things like that. But you don't necessarily know that you were prey in this instance, I guess. Right. My idea is I want to smash this bottle of cleaning fluid on the wall in front of me and just like a match and light it on fire so there's a barrier between me and the vampire i'm assuming they don't want to go through the fire all right so you do want to start it start that on fire as well yeah you can do that all in one turn all right so you smash that bottle down you light it on fire then a nice little barrier of flame between you and them um so endeth roscoe's turn melvin from the bush what would you like to do um what do i see what's going on I would say at this point, you mostly see bush. Uh, you're kind of like... <laughs> just a thick bush. Thick, thick Impenetrable bush. Impenetrable bush. And you are as, as deep into it as you can be. Uh, you're pressed up against a stone wall on the other side. And like along that stone wall is where the action is happening. So your view of all of the things happening would be obscured. Uh, I will say... Do I see that other vampire running across the north wall? Yeah, why don't you give me another perception roll? Just like a DC 10, probably. Just, you know, for... (sighs) You see not but bush. Alright. Do I hear anything? 
probably nah, not. Nah, they're pretty far away. That's <laughs> yeah. Probably not with a five, huh? Okay. Um, he just tucked right into that bush and got cozy. You're 75 feet away, probably close to 80, given the actual height that's involved here. I would say that's probably too far away to hear footfalls or anything like that. You probably heard, like, Roscoe's vial of cleaning fluid smash, but that'd be about it. And a, and a whoosh. A bamf. Um, I think what I want to do is grab, like, a handful of copper pieces and uh, cast light on them. Okay. And throw them up on the the wall and try to scatter them up as up towards that area where I think Roscoe's at and where I think uh, wherever I think enemies might be. Okay. Uh, regrettably, the light cantrip you can only do it on one object. It very specifically says one object in there. So uh, you just want to do it on a single copper. How about a bag of copper coins then? <laughs> Man, we're getting into some real semantic weeds here. Uh, if, let's just say that because it's a nice small object and they're close together, you can do like three. But they all land close enough together that it's meh. Fine, whatever. That's what I do. <laughs> I mean, like you're not scattering stardust across the whole field here. But you light up the area. All right. Um, and then, I don't know. How far do you guys think uh, Melvin can throw? Have a strength throw. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I have a strength roll. <laughs> <laughs> give her a give her a strength roll, and we'll say it's uh, twenty feet plus whatever you get on that twenty sided dice. I roll a one. <laughs> Noodle arm, fucking wizard. God. Wait, what's your strength? Uh, ten. So that's a zero. All right, all right. So How'd you... you throw a kid over a bar? God. <laughs> so twenty one feet away. I just throw the coins like I light up the bush essentially. <laughs> it just looks like a fucking Christmas tree. They land just behind Colvick. Today I'm working on my left hand. Eh. Eh. All right, that. so I drew on the map there. Just kind of like ten feet, fifteen feet behind Roscoe is where these things have landed. They shed a twenty foot radius of uh, regular bright light, and then another twenty feet of dim light, so imagine that radius around there. <laughs> Is there even... Are there other numbers on this dice? <laughs> are there other numbers on this dice? Not that I've seen. Rolling a one-sided dice. <laughs> you've definitely... Well, you've rolled three before. <laughs> you piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melvin, anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Nope, my job is done here. Excellent. Uh, so I'm going to have this creature, and I'm just going to go with names now that you guys have seen enough of these. There are two of these creatures. The one that went first earlier in the turn order is Danica, and the second one, the one that Roscoe had, had tackled, is Avina. And I'm going to have her make a roll real quick. So, Avina just did an insight roll um, and got a 19 on it. What I'm going to say that means is that Avina, watching what Roscoe has done so far, so, like, felt and shook off the hold person from Kolvik, but a hold person's a fairly non-hostile action. 
Uh, Roscoe at this point has really only taken like defensive or capturing sort of movements, but hasn't drawn any actual weapons or tried to draw blood. And the last thing that Melvin did was basically decorating. Um, <laughs> so, like, at this point, you guys haven't done any objectively hostile things, and Avina takes note of that. She's still going to back away a little bit further, get to around the corner, to within five feet of Danica, and you see, like, some hurried whispering between them, and then she shouts over to you, Roscoe, what do you want? To know what you want? And we're just trying to sleep. <laughs> we're on our, we're trying to help this, my kind of dim-witted friend has a friend who's a stick, and we're trying to get it to its home for immortal things. Hey, what did you say about, what? Who's that? I was talking about Melvin. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, with that, I'm going to say we can drop out of initiative here because you guys have established peaceful, peaceful intentions. And what what she responds with is basically like, oh, okay, well. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, shucks howdy, VGAT fans. Thanks for bringing us back into your ear holes. We've just been dying to get back in there. We're stumbling our way into the holiday season here. It's a time of gratitude and thankfulness, right? And all of us here at VGAT are grateful to all of you. First and foremost, thanks for listening. I read a lot of things out there on the old internets about folks struggling to find an audience or get any downloads for their podcast. Now, we're not topping any charts or anything, but we have definitely been lucky enough to find an audience of folks who enjoy our show, and we are mighty grateful for that. We're also mighty grateful for those who have left us an iTunes rating and review. It's really crazy. Like, it shocks me every time, but every time somebody leaves us a new review, we see a bump in downloads because of the engine behind the Apple Podcasts, and it pushes us up in searches and suggestions and all the rest of that. You know, who knows? Maybe someday we'll hit that elusive featured list and we'll blow right the F up. Maybe. And finally, we're of course super grateful to our Patreon patrons and those who donated through Kofi. We're not really pushing to monetize the show, but the fact that we're covering our monthly costs because of our patrons has been really, really helpful in sustaining the show. It also really hits me straight in the old heart meets to know that people are willing to spare some of their hard-earned coin to keep us around. So thanks to all of you who've been willing to bring us into your hearts and ears and iTunes and wallets. You know, we're doing a thing, and you seem to be liking the thing. And as long as that keeps working out for everyone, we'll keep on rolling out the VGAT. My final note of gratitude for today goes out to Chris Perkins. If you folks haven't heard the news, he has stepped down as the official DM for the Acquisitions Incorporated live shows. This was a role he filled for 11 years, and I can personally say it was the original experience that led me down the path towards creating this podcast. You can still catch him running the show on Dice Camera Action, and of course, putting out amazing content for Wizards of the Coast. So Chris Perkins, though you will probably never actually hear this, I'd like to say to you, thanks again for everything you've done. Alrighty gang, let us return to our adventure.
So the fire uh, is raging in front of Roscoe, blocking off the stairs. And Avina is just kind of like, so you're you're here with a with an awakened object. Yeah, that's what we got. And she says to that, how interested are you in bargaining? Barely. We'll have to discuss it between all of us, though. All right, so what they do is they kind of whisper amongst themselves, and you guys can see that there's this... I suppose I haven't really described this to the listeners. So the inside of this courtyard is about 75 feet by 75 feet. It's a big open area in the middle. The gang has been camped out in the middle of that, and there's two stairways, one on the west side, one on the east side, and the entrance into this uh, enclosed courtyard is about 15 feet wide, and that's at the south end of it. So the two vampires walk their way around the west side and climb down those steps. Roscoe and Kolvik, I'm at least going to speak for the two of you and say that you join them down in the central part of the courtyard area. Uh, Melvin, do you want to stay hidden in the bush? They had, like, they could guess that there's someone over there because they saw the lit up copper coins, but they don't know <laughs> where you are yet. If you wanted to stay hidden, you could. Uh, I, I kind of poke my head out of the bush. <laughs> And uh, what do I see? So what you see is that Roscoe and Kolvik have cautiously crept back down to the courtyard across from Avina and Danica. And they're kind of like, you know, each of you guys are, they're like 10 feet west of your fire. You guys are five or five or 10 feet east of that fire. And they're just sort of like cautiously approaching each other to uh, do a little parlay. Well, I think I'll make myself known then and walk out and... Like, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, ha, ha. All right. So there you guys are squared off on opposite sides of the fire, and so Avina is the one that seems to be more talkative here. And uh, I'm I'm only gonna say this because this is what the icon is actually called. Uh, they are two sexy lady vampires. <laughs> that was the image I was able to find for uh, <gasps> for these for these vampires, and it's really funny because they're these like super goofy, cartoony-looking things. They have guns. Yeah, they do. Oh, they have guns? Yep. Oh, that's hilarious. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader masks? I think that's just supposed to be the vampire, like, darkness. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck ever that is, right? Um, but the, the 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 artwork file was Sexy Vampire Lady or something <laughs> like that. So. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I just Googled vampire. <laughs> <laughs> These characters were originally going to be male until I saw Sexy Vampire Lady in this like, goofy-ass well, cartoon. There we are. So, two sexy vampire ladies are across from the fire from the three of you. And Avina, the spokesperson, you might say, of the group, she says, We're looking to find where these things go. Are you... Have, have you been approached by them? Are you on your way? What's your interest? Uh, so she looks at you. You know, I'm going to make another dice roll and see what kind of tack she takes on this one. She looks at you and she says, You seem like the sort that appreciates profit. Well, here's what we're looking to do. There's a whole... We don't even know. City, maybe? Of these awakened objects that are just there for the taking. Whatever wizard created them is long since gone, and while there's plenty of wizards and other people that wouldn't mind, uh, you know, a sugar bowl that could walk around, or uh, let's say a, a stick that could unclog a shitter on its own, or whatever else you might want to have done around the house, 
We think we could make a pretty tidy profit if we grabbed some of these things and found a way to sell them. Do you want in? Like a cut or up front? Well, like a cut of what uh, whatever happens. Maybe you guys, uh, maybe we team up. You know, we don't really have a, a great daytime uh, presence, you might say, so we wrangle some of these things up, we find a way to pawn some of them off, and uh, we'll split the profits with you guys. We, we could use some, some dayside partnership on this. What do you think, guys? Sounds like slavery with more steps. These are things, though. <laughs> They're conscious beings that, admittedly, I wanted to burn earlier, and perhaps still do. But somehow burning them seems better than... So are we just talking out the open right now, like everything we're saying right now they can hear? Uh, you guys, uh, so let's just say you guys were smart about this for once and you like huddled up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you weren't just like boldly staring across at them making this conversation. I'm gonna, in our circle, just hold out Henry. Henry, how you feeling about all this, buddy? Well, slavery sucks. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> it's nice to have a master, though. You like having a master? Well, you know, it's good to have tasks and a purpose and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of slavery, but maybe I'd get sold to somebody nice. Hey, uh, he actually... How, how would you feel about stuffing your face in the shitter down to clog it? <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound good. I'm going to be flat out about that. That's a purpose, though. <laughs> oh, damn, you got me there. <laughs> I'm just of average intelligence. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to put it back. I'm like, so we have the old beauty and the beast syndrome here, eh? I mean, I don't know. For one, I, I would feel that I'd be against it just because I've hung out with our companion here and knowing that some of these aren't going to go to the best places for the duties they want. These aren't just going to be Flintstone shower guys. These are going to be some pretty rough creatures. But in the meantime, what's going to happen right now if we say no? Are we going to get bombarded? Do we want to like do a trap scenario here? So we say yes, and then we can get them all in the same place? I don't know. It sounds like you want to save them. Mm -hmm. Roscoe wants to sell them, and I want to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a middle ground? <laughs> They're abominations. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, so, can, we can we find like Thanos' glove or something? But I kind of just tell you, I'm like saying... I'm a half-orc. How am I not an abomination? You were born sentient. You weren't just a thing that was made to move. We'll get some really meta vibes here. <laughs> okay, what is <laughs> born and what hey, is made? <laughs> how, do, how do we know all these things are, like, good, too? Like, the stick. Like, what if it's a murderous sugar bowl or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> filled with arsenic! <laughs> we like, how would you feel if these things <laughs> were made unconscious, like, by a spell? See, you're right. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like the snap our fingers and like, except for all of these things go away. They don't feel any pain, but you know, we undo what was previously done. With that, I would be. Or I'd be, we sell them. <laughs> I would not sell them. I would undo them. You hear Henry from the pocket go, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Some of you would go to good masters. <laughs> oh my god it's weird thinking as a character sometimes you know and it, uh, so this is it's a hard thing because ethics and morals the core of ethics and morality really revolves around how do we define us what is what is we and 
right now, Kolvik's of the position that Henry, the uh, awakened stick of average intelligence, is part of us. And for the two of you, Roscoe and Melvin, you're saying that it's not. As well as all of these other ones, who knows how many there might be. And I, I'm saying, I, th I think this thing is conscious and it can feel pain. Right? So you'd like to get in on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, no, I'm saying like, I think it's a person, but it's not supposed to exist. So I want to undo what was done to them, but I don't want to like burn them all or kill them in a way that they would suffer or feel pain. I can find a way to like just make their world go away. Then, <laughs> then I then I would be on board with that. Okay. So where does that leave you guys in relation to the two vampires that are now starting to get antsy because you've been talking for quite a while, well, just a few feet away from them? Just, they haven't heard you. Mm -hmm. Just because of their intentions, I would say we would agree with them now, but not for finishing the job. Maybe we get our money and do something bad to them, but I do not like their intentions. I'd right. say no. Okay. I'm good with this plan. All right. So what is it? We're going to play along until further. Until it doesn't suit us. As one does. All right. Okay. Let's do it. So they say, okay, good. You, you know, you guys are on board. Business partners. Here we go. You know, smile, wink, nod, all the rest of that stuff. Maybe have a handshake. And, and they're like, how much for that stick? <laughs> they didn't know about the stick. Make that sure stick of that. Is, that stick is small potatoes. Well, and I, I would say at this point that they probably have not seen... Well, shit, no. They probably... Because they were hanging out and watching you guys for a little while. So they probably would have seen the stick. So let's just let's just trot that right on out. So uh, Danica leans over to Avina and is like, "What about the stick they already have?" I'm looking. You mean the stick? Hey guys, I'm gonna shake it like I was saying his voice the whole time. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you're gonna pretend like it's not an it's awakened like stick? stick. Yeah, it's my puppet stick. I'm just a dumb guy with the ultimate personality. The googly eyes uh -huh. are like going fucking nuts. <laughs> Don't let us did we ever me. sharpen Henry? <laughs> you did not. <laughs> What if we no, did? I didn't even <laughs> think about that That'd as a connotation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, how do you feel about being sharpened now, Henry? <laughs> Henry the death stick. Mm. <laughs> All right. You know, let's go ahead and uh, let's have you just make a performance roll to see if you can convince these two beings that your puppeteering is, is amazing. <laughs> Oh no. Six. <laughs> you know what's fucking amazing though? What? Uh they roll a four. <laughs> so they're at least temporarily fooled, which confuses them just a little bit because now it's like, well, why the hell are you guys even here? But eh, they just kind of roll right on past that. Um so they they're they're talking to you guys and they're like, Well, so you know, so what's uh how are you guys planning on getting there? <laughs> Um, before we tell you, maybe you would tell us how you planned on getting there. <laughs> they said, well, we've been following you guys, and we thought you had a, a stick or something like that, that, you know, we were, uh, we were gonna, like, just wait until you guys got there, and then make note of the location. We're, we're just following you. We've been praying a lot, like smart people do, and, uh, gotten us this far. So you guys are not gonna mention the note or any of the other stuff that's going on? No. But you guys haven't seen any notes, have you? <laughs> like notes? Nope, no notes. 
Neither have we. <laughs> Completely unrelated question. <laughs> Asking for a friend. Asking <laughs> Hypothetically. Uh, well, we were just going to... Um... Well, I mean, I'll just tell him about that I've been having these visions from my goddess and not mention any of the notes or any of the other coy signs and just say, well, we've been just getting some divine intervention and so... That's the only trail we've been on, and now we're here, so we should probably get some more sleep so I can get some more divine intervention here, I think. All right. Uh, I'm going to have... I'm going to have the three of you make perception rolls. And I'm going to make one for each of these two clowns. Oof. Pretty bad over here. That would be, uh, uh, did, it, did anybody top 25? No. No. I got 25. Got 25. You did not beat it. Okay. So, none of you, uh, like, in in the, like, sort of heated conversation that you guys have been having with these vampires, well, not heated, but more casual, actually, uh, business-like conversation you guys have been having, um, you've been kind of, like, losing track of your surroundings and not paying as much attention. And then all of a sudden, Kolvik, since you got the highest score, you'll be the first one to notice, uh, there's just a table, uh, like, kind of just at the edge of the firelight. Uh, it's an elegant uh, mission-style sideboard, uh, so that would be, you know, a couple feet tall, maybe three feet wide, but real narrow, you know, like maybe six inches narrow, uh, six inches wide, rather. It's like down on the ground? It's just, it's like, it's a table on the ground, just at the edge of the firelight. Okay, okay. And Colvin, sorry, if you look what, over. What firelight and, are we talking about here? So you uh, you guys would have had a fire in your okay. camp, I'd assume, okay, right? Okay, just I figured where we're at. Okay. Nighttime. So just like about 15, 20 feet out from that fire, mm-hmm. at the edge of where the light's starting to get dim, there's just a table there now. In another part of the world. Four small figures lay in a tight clump next to the cooling embers of a dying fire. There is snow all around them, and the edge of the small outcropping they are huddled in gives way to a view of only moonlit mountaintops and clouds beyond. This high up, stars beyond counting stand bright against a sky as black as ink. Among the tiny white pinholes of this dark blanket, two yellow discs flash in the darkness. It is the reflection of the low fire in a predator's eyes. There is enough moonlight to reveal the shape of a massive cat as it silently creeps towards the shivering four. It reaches out slowly, almost tenderly, with one massive paw. Razor-sharp claws are visible for the briefest moment before they sink into the flesh of the outermost figure. It makes a quiet yelp as it is dragged backwards. The gaping maw of the beast closes around the figure's throat and the pathetic noise is cut short. In another heartbeat, both the cat and its prey have disappeared into the night. The wind howls not quite loud enough to mask the wet sounds of tearing flesh and snapping bone. The remaining three listen to see if the cat is satisfied, or if it will come back for more. They huddle closer to compensate for the little warmth that has been lost. A few drops of blood form a fractal pattern as they cool and soak into the dirty mountain snow. In another part of the world, three small figures lay in a tight clump next to the cooling embers of a dying fire. There's just a table there now. Just appeared. All right, well, um... Hey, what's I, up, table? Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and... Well, hello! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a French table. <laughs> uh, 
do not know what you mean by French. Place in another dimension. Well, uh, you here by yourself? I've come because we have been watching you. Oh. And he's doing, his, he's doing this in front of the vampires and everything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just this uh, this table uh, starts kind of like walking towards you guys, getting like not too close to the fire. It is a wooden table. Oh, Where's it? Does it have a mouth? Uh, you can't see a mouth or eyes or anything, but like you can see the legs are just kind of like moving. I mean, they shouldn't be moving like this because they're wood, but you know, fucking Disney animation or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It struts on over a little bit and like, well, you have brought some more friends. We thought there was just the three of you. What do you mean? We've brought, you've been watching us or? Oh yes, we have a network of spies there everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be surprised how easy it is to hide when you're like a fucking table. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see this table before. (laughs) You may have seen this table before. You have no idea. It's it's the table from our house. I really, dis- I'm probably revealing more than I should at this point, but like, this was my favorite thought about this entire thing was that like, the whole world is just like, there's just inanimate, like quote unquote, inanimate objects that are awakened just fucking everywhere. Because <laughs> they're like immortal. Like, the, yeah, like they would be. Talking and doing whatever. And watching you beat off. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it it's just like get- your fucking salt shaker or whatever is just keeping tabs on you. Like. It sucked to be a toilet. <laughs> what if the bottle? <laughs> what if I'm not hungry anymore? <laughs> what if no. the, the bottle of Jergens is alive? <laughs> oh. oh no! Oh no! There's oh, no, no more be left. Stop! <laughs> They're not all French. I mean, no Kleenex. No. Oh, yeah. oh, that would be the worst thing in the world to be an awakened box of Kleenex. <laughs> Another folly, Brevin. We shall mourn. Or just an awakened Kleenex. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this table kind of approaches the firelight. Um, and from what you guys can tell right now, this this um, sideboard is not aware of the fact that the vampires are not actually a part of your party. Uh, and they're just like kind of quietly, but with great interest, watching this table approach the fire. What? I know I'm going to act like this is the first inanimate object I've ever seen in my life. What the? Is this a talking table right now? <sighs> okay. Uh, Kolvik, I'm going to have you uh, just roll me a d20 and let's see how lucky or unlucky you are. You're like, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, is that a table? Wow. 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 Wow, is that a table? Oh, wow. <laughs> Five. You're not super lucky today. Uh, so welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> when you say when you're saying this, talking about this table, like Henry crawls his way out of your oh. like pocket and is like, "Oh, guys, they're here! Oh, it's gonna be great! Here we go!" And like hops on out and starts trotting over, and uh, and the table is like, "Oh, hello! You are a new little friend. You have been accompanied by this party of adventuring, wonderful people." And of course, the vampires are like, they, they give each other a look and realize that they were made fools of earlier in the, in the uh, evening. <laughs> they believed you. Because <laughs> they believed that the stick with googly eyes on it was not an awakened mm-hmm. stick. And how, I mean, how would you know? Wouldn't it? So I just go, I don't <laughs> just know what. Shrug your shoulders and fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> the jig is up. Oops, I lied. All right, so uh, so these two animated objects kind of like 
hang out for a little bit and they they talk for a, a few moments and uh they're the coffee table or sorry the the sideboard um whose name is of course Jacques Jacques is like uh well uh, you know we don't really feel tired or sleepy or anything but uh we understand you mortals you sometimes get a little tired do you want to wait until the morning and then we go uh no I'm pretty sure a talking table and stick is uh enough to get me to be wide awake at this point in night uh oh and don't mention the two vampires that are probably staring at us right now so you actually say all of that out loud, eh? Yeah. All right. The table's like, oh, vampires. Oh, you keep funny company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, what's this table's name? Jacques. Jacques. So, uh, Jacques, what, uh, what do we do now? Where are we going? Really? If you are ready to go, we go. Let's let's do it, bud. Uh... No, we're doing this. We have to see what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of ideas. My idea was to keep the stick safe, but he just blew his own cover, so... I am assassinating the nearest vampire. Oh, shit. Whoa. You're just going to town. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, we'll basically start combat where we were over again. <laughs> uh, we're just going to keep the same initiative rolls from earlier, because why bother re-rolling everything? <laughs> Everyone is surprised, but <laughs> Roscoe... Uh, yeah, and that's we're just going to do it like that. Everyone is surprised for the first round except for Roscoe. Because you, I'm assuming, did not do anything to communicate this to uh, your compatriots here. No, I just saw the conversation was going and decided now is the time. Now <laughs> is the fucking time. Oh, man. All right, so you, I mean, you fucking, where you guys are on the map is where you are. And you, like, dive over the fire. Actually, wait, I'm going to make one little adjustment here. I'm going to move Roscoe forward one, and I'm going to move Melvin forward one, just so you guys are in a more, like, circular arrangement, you might say. Uh, And then Melvin, I'm not actually going to put them on the map, because they are going to be non-combatants, but basically that that table and that stick are right to the west of you, to the left of you. All right, Roscoe, I'm going to have you make your attack roll, and the nearest one to you is going to be Avina. I rolled a 20. Uh, 20 is absolutely enough to hit. So this is going to get you your sneak attack and all the rest of that. And you have some kind of a fancy ability, right? Yes, assassinate. I have advantage on any creature that has not taken a turn. On a successful attack, uh, damage is critical. Well, roll me up a fucking boatload of dice, because that's going to be your... That's going to be your dagger damage, your sneak attack damage, and then double. You got a critical on an assassinate? Is that what's happening yeah. now? Ooh. This is going to be an amazing amount of damage. So I have to roll real dice. All right, so I need 2d4. And where's the other? Hey, do you need more d6s when uh, from your level, or are they still... They're still good. Should get on the fours. Right. So eight on the fours, plus five. And now... I'm starting to realize that I don't necessarily care for adventuring above level 10. I've, I've read this before, but it's like, it gets really fucking complicated yeah. and the dice are... And it gets really hard to DM because it's just like, oh, you guys can do anything yeah. and you're invincible. And uh, <laughs> neat. 21. 20. Oh, and the 8 was you rolled basically 4d4, right? Correct. All right, so that puts us to... 
Man, that is a hell of a shot for right out of the gates. So eight, five, 21, 20. So you do 54 damage with your surprise sneak attack right out of the fucking gates here uh, to Avena. Hot diggity damn, man. That's really something. Um, not enough to kill, though. Unfortunately. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. Uh, not Good enough thanks. to get too bloodied, actually. Do you yell anything while you're doing this? No. No? So, are we just going to stand there? <laughs> <laughs> that Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roscoe. <laughs> no, you're, you're silent as the night, and you just, like, fly across and stick a dagger in the side of this thing. Um, actually, let me just take a look at one other thing I just realized is with the assassinate action, uh, basically you've got the option for a second attack and I'm not sure if you can do assassinate again. That would be cool as shit. You wouldn't be able to do the sneak attack again, so it would just be the d4s because the sneak attack we definitely established as a once per turn thing here. Where are you assassinate? You advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn in combat yet. In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. So, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. So, if you attack with your offhand dagger, that will also be a critical, as long as you hit. That's pretty wild. I'm glad I looked that up, because that is some OP shit. So, I can attack with my offhand right now? Uh, yeah, because you, all you've done so far is take your regular attack. You'd use your bo bonus action to take your offhand dagger attack. And as long as you hit, that's a critical because of assassinate. Right. Take another cut then, I guess. Might as well. What the hell? All right. And remember, you do not get sneak attack. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a hit. So it's going to be a critical. Seven. Uh, oh, so 14. Do we double it or do you want me to roll again? Yeah, because there's no plus to that or anything like that, so we'll just call that the 14, because it would double the dice. Alright, so an additional 14 damage to Avina. Alright, Avina is now actually in the bloodied territory. Jeez, please. You guys are not kidding. Yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed, but shit's going to get harder as you uh, level up. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go bowling. Okay. So that is the first round of combat because everybody else is surprised at this action. But that happened in clear and plain view of everybody. So for the second round, you guys are not surprised. You've all seen Roscoe go out and just like double dagger this fucking vampire that was on the other side of the fire pit from you. Danica, it is now Danica's turn. Seeing that, what Danica is going to do is... Let me do the thing that I'm trying to find... In the fucking sheet. Do we get a reroll for initiative? Because this is new combat. I'm just going to use the old numbers. Episode 60, What is Born and What is Made, was released on December 9th, 2018. You are called upon to return for next week's installment of... Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventure!
adventuring team. <laughs> what are those things that are better for knees and joints? I, I don't know. They look like cat turds. I didn't <laughs> click on the ad. <laughs> Doctors reveal the secret to better knees and joints. And it's like a handful of cat turds. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, well, they're wizard, obviously. maybe they're wizard turds. You get to roll them into gold. 